them, but it isn't a reality of hating them. It's just a matter of where we are in our society and biblical history and aware that you can see that the coming of the Lord is nigh. And today we're going to talk about and study uh, Islam in the light of Bible prophecy. And we're also going to uh, share with you where I believe uh, very possible the Antichrist is and where it will come from. And uh, is that all right? Before 9-11, Islam was not on my radar. Uh, It was not even in my mind, in the back of my mind. Islam was something that took place over in the Middle East somewhere. It was a group of uh, people that were there that really didn't uh, have any significance. But after 9-11, we see that uh, it was obvious that they were in our nation and that they, we were at war with them. And ever since 9-11, we see that there has been an emergence of Islam. In John chapter 14, in verse 1, he said, Let not your hearts be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. But I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And so, uh, whenever somebody asks me, why do you believe that Jesus is coming back? I believe that because Jesus said he was. He said, if I go away, then I will come again. And receive you unto myself that where I am you may be also. So he is coming again. And we want to look today and I want to look at how Islam is playing a part in this biblical history. And for the next few moments I just want to give you a few definition of terms that... uh, yeah, I, because I have studied this out and I've looked at this and I told first service that, you know, have, have you ever um, tasted something for the first time? And whenever you tasted it, you said to yourself, I like this all my life. Have you ever heard something? And whenever you heard it, it just clicked in you and you said, I, be- I believe this all along. But you just heard it. Is that making sense? Well, that's what, what I'm going to talk to you about today is something that throughout Bible prophecy and all of these things, I'm not here to argue with people. Some people say, well, are you pre or you post or you mid trib? You know, all of that. I just tell them I'm pan. It's all going to pan out. I'm not going to fight with you. If you want to stay through the tribulation, help yourself, baby. Uh, you know, all of those things. I'm not going to fight with you. If you don't, if you say there's not going to be a rapture, uh, you know, whatever, whatever you want to think, go ahead. I'm not going to, I'm not dogmatic about it, but I do believe that I've heard a lot of things about the rapture that did not really make sense or line up with my spirit. Doesn't mean it wasn't right, but this is uh, a few months ago, a couple of months ago, perhaps I began on this journey and, and I began to study some things and, and I just felt in my spirit. This is the path. This is the road we need to look at and to consider. And so I began to think about these uh, definition of terms. One of them uh, in Islam is Allah. It's Arabic for God. Now, Christians in these countries don't use this word to describe 
the God of the Christians. They use it, Muslims don't believe that we all serve the same God. They cry uh, whenever the bombers, uh, the Islamic bombers bombed the, the, the towers, they cried Allah Akbar. This word Allah Akbar literally means Allah is greater. Greater than who? Greater than you? No. He's talking about greater than the God of the Jews and greater than the God of the Christians. And so when speaking to Allah, they say glorify Allah's pride. (laughs) Isn't that something? Glorify Allah's pride. As Christians, you're uh, kafir, K-A-F-F-E-R, kafir. What does that mean? It means you're an infidel. Means you're unclean. If you want to go to Mecca today and visit Mecca, you would not be allowed to get into Mecca because you would be considered as a, a, an American or a Christian, you would be considered unclean. I've heard people say we're all serving the same God. Doesn't that sound nice? We're all just serving the same God. We've even got, uh, uh, <clears throat> scared to say preachers, but, uh, We have people in churches that lead major churches in America today. One of them I heard with my own words, our own ears, as he was uh, bragging on his church, saying that uh, he had a family in his church and that his church was, and one of them was Catholic, one of them was Muslim, and one of them was Christian. And he was proud, proud, uh, proudful because he said, our church is the only church where they can all come and worship together. He was proud of that, but I believe it is an indictment against us. What I said to that, what I would like to say to that pastor is this. I'll give, I'll buy you an airline ticket for you to go to Palestine. Put on your chest. We all serve the same God. And walk down the streets of Palestine and see what happens to you. It will not end well for anybody who puts a sign on them, walks down through Pakistan or Iraq with a sign that says we all serve the same God. Why? Because they know we don't all serve the same God. They, they know that. And for you to say that we all serve the same God would be something that would cause them to, to kill you. Even if we... Uh, did not support Israel because we are God's. Co- they are God's covenant people. We should stand with them because, in the eyes of Islam, if you are living in America, you are considered a Christian. If you are or not, and Christians and Jews face the same fate, and that is, you either convert to Islam or you die. Now, there's another word, Allah. Allah is not Jehovah. He is not the God of the Bible. Allah is not a father. Allah does not have a son. To say that Allah has a son is blaspheme to the Islam. 
Allah is not Trinity. And so the reason that we see the quarter moon is Allah was the moon God before Muhammad ever stepped on the scene. So who is Allah? Are you ready? I'm glad you asked. First John chapter 2 and verse 22. First John chapter 2 and verse 22. Who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ. He is Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. Now according to Islam and according to the word of God, they just describe to us who the Antichrist is. They said that Allah is not a father, deny the father and deny the son. And so therefore, according to 1 John, not according to me, but according to 1 John chapter 2 and verse 22, it describes who Islam says Allah is. The Bible's definition describes to us that Allah is the Antichrist. Now they've got 99 beautiful names of Allah. Whenever they worship, they call him these 99 beautiful names. I'm not going to go through all 99 of them today. I'm just going to give you a few of them that you might have heard before. The first one is the great deceiver. Oh, great deceiver. (laughs) These are beautiful names. Where have you heard that before? The destroyer. The cursor or the causer of death. The taker of life. Where did I ever hear that before? He comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. And these are the beautiful names. I wonder what the ugly names are. 99 names, the most proud one. Pride becomes before the fall, right? The Lord of the worlds. In the Quran, in chapter 69 and verse 43, this is the message sent down from the Lord of men to, and jinn. What is jinn? Jinn is their word for Demons. So the Quran declares that the jinn or the demons heard the reading of the Quran and they decided to follow Muhammad. The Quran in chapter 72 and verse 13, since we demons have listened to the guidance of the Quran, we have accepted Islam and anyone who believes in his Lord, Allah, has no fear of loss, forces, or oppression. <laughs> We all know the devil's a liar. Amen. He is also known as the Lord of Vermin. Vermin means rats, worms, maggots. He's Beelzebub. The Lord of the flies. And so Muhammad is considered the prophet of Islam. Now, at the age of 56, he marries his youngest wife, and she is six years old. With her own testimony, he consummates the marriage at age nine. 
And we, they want us to believe he's a peaceful man. In our terms, we would call him a child molester. One of the wives that he had, he took from his adopted son. When you study Muhammad, he was not a man of peace. He would uh, militantly overtake cities and they were converted or they died. What is the Quran? The Quran is the holy book of Islam. It is considered, thus saith Allah, to de- desecrate the book is punishable by death. My good friend Jonathan Morgan spends a lot of time in these countries. He was in Pakistan and he preached the gospel there. And uh, after the service, a young man was accused of knocking the Quran out of a young girl's hand and it fell into the sewer system. They said that they came and arrested the man and said that they were going to put him under security for protection. And when they did that, the man died in prison that night. They hurried to try to bury him. And there was a Christian uh, doctor there that said, you're not going to bury him until I uh, uh, check him out. And when they checked him out, they found out, uh, you know, obviously that he did not die from natural causes. They beat him to death in that prison. They not only did that, but the the family that hosted them, that gave them tea and some food, they came and they uh, arrested them the next day and they burnt the church down where he was the night before. This isn't peaceful. Even that crazy man on TV at night, you know, he's the most liberal thing. He, he even talks bad about Christians, but he said he, uh, the other day, I just caught the headlines, but he, he was saying that Christians don't go around cutting people's heads off. The Quran, the holy book of Islam. And then you have the Hadi. The Hadi is thus saith Muhammad. The Hadith is to Islam what the New Testament is to Christians. And then you have the jihad. The jihad is holy war. <laughs> holy war. <coughs> it means this. I've been ordered to fight the people till they say none has the right to be worshipped but Allah. Who said that? Muhammad. Jihad is mandatory for all Muslims. You must go to war. It is foolish to think that wherever there is a large gathering of Islamic people that you're going to have peace. Pakistan says they're 98% Islamic. Iran says they're 95% Islamic. If, if Islam was a peaceful nation, Pakistan would be the most peaceful nation on the earth. Whenever uh, Pastor Jonathan was in 
Pakistan. Uh, some of you that have went to Honduras with us, they, they have guards at the stores and things like that. But in Pakistan, they have a, a, a mirror that's on a stick and they'll put it up under your vehicle and they'll check for bombs. And uh, Pastor Jonathan said that, that whenever they went into the grocery store, that the man was looking for bombs underneath the car and he glanced and he saw a cross hanging from the mirror and immediately he stopped his search. And his words, he said, go ahead and go. He said, Christians are not terrorists. Fadha means infiltration. The end goal of Islam is to take over the world. And there are two ways that they are trying to do it. Number one is jihad by suicide bombers and war. And the second is fahad, which is infiltration. This is how it works. They use our system to get into countries such as the U.S., into Europe, into England. And then once they get in, they begin to settle in places and have large families and get a collective group of people there. And then they begin to, to purchase businesses. Then they begin to run for offices, the school board the mayor, the state, the city council, and then they get their foothold there and then they begin to run for other political offices. It's already taken place in some of the larger metropolitan cities in our nation. You are seeing these Islamic names come up on the ballot because they're running for a place of control and once they get there, they'll change the laws so that it'll be to their advantage. And then we got this Hadna. Hadna. Hadna means temporary treaty with non Muslims. Hadna. This is the word that Arafat used in Moscow, in a mosque in Johannesburg, South Africa, just one month after the signing of the uh, Osla. Oslo. O-S-L-A-O. He said, Arafat said this. He said, I just signed a temporary treaty. <laughs> if you're not a Muslim, the contract between you and them is no good. This is my uh, country definition. Time out while we reload. That's right. Till we get a better plan, until we get our strategy in place. And so we see as Christians, we are forbidden to lie. Even if I was to get in a position where that my life was in danger, I am not, according to scripture, I am forbidden to lie. I can't say, oh, I don't know him. Because the Bible says that, we, that if, we, if we are ashamed of him before men, then he will be ashamed of us before his father. He says, you shall not lie, right? And so these words tell, talk to us and tell us that we as Christians are not to be liars. We are to be people of our word. 
But watch what Muslim Islam has in place. They have kitmen in place. And that means, that word means this, command to deliberately conceal one's belief. And then we have another uh, word here that they have, and it's to conceal or to distinguish one's beliefs or convictions, ideals, and feelings and strategies. And so it's all right for you to lie if it advances the Islamic belief. So it would could be possible that we have polit- political people in political offices that are Muslim but lie and say they're not. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Then we have Mahdi. This Mahdi is the Islamic Messiah. According to Islam, the Mahdi ushers in the last seven years before judgment. These are the seven years of peace that Islam promises. And then he rules with over 10 members of council of assistance of the caliph. Could it be that Islamic Mahdi is the same person as the Bible's Antichrist? If Allah is actually Satan wearing a very thin disguise, then who is Allah incarnate? The Antichrist. In studying this out, I seen a converted Muslim. He says that he was a radical Muslim who was... Uh, taking this number 666 and and he he began to break it down and showed how that you could and he said a lot of people take people's names and and try to figure that out that what 666 is and 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 if you get these six it ha- means this and that and and then you come up with Hillary Clinton or whatever he said that's witchcraft he said that's how they do that But he said, whenever I looked at, as a a Muslim, whenever I looked at 666, he said, I knew exactly what it meant because he said it's Aramaic. And he said, I knew exactly what it said. And, And he said that it says Allah is God. In Aramaic, 666 says Allah is God. The caliph, supreme military, uh, political and administrative leader of all Muslim world. That's who the caliph is. He's the supreme military, political and administrative leader of all the Muslim worldwide. The caliph is the Muslim to the Muslims what the pope is to the Catholics. As the pope is seen as the vicar. Now, I don't believe that, but that's what Catholics teach. As he is the vicar of Christ, so the caliph is considered the vicar of the Muhammad. The office and government of the caliph is known as the caliphate. The problem is this. The, po- the problem is that the caliph was dissolved in 1924. Now, If the Catholics, the Rome was wiped out, then the Catholics would be on this uh, journey to reestablish Rome, right? 
because that's where their seat is. That's where their epicenter is. And so when, what, whenever we look at this, we see that Islam, they have the same desire. They want to rebuild their capital. They want to rebuild where their epicenter was. And so the problem is it was dissolved in 1924. The song of the U.S. Marines song says, in it to the shores of Tripoli. Now, when, the, when was the U.S. Marines ever in Tripoli? In the 1800s, the U.S. ships would begin, were being attacked by the Islamic pirates. And John Adams was paying the pirates 20% of the value of the ship's products so that he would leave the ships alone. But whenever Thomas Jefferson became the president, he said, we ain't going to do that no more. And, and we see that Thomas Jefferson in 1805 sent the U.S. Marines into Tripoli. And whenever they did, the problem is that, that they wiped out what Islam had, had established as their epicenter, where they would work. This problem did not start in 2001. This problem started in Genesis chapter 13. We just became on our shore. We became, began to acknowledge and realize what was taking place. But the reality is that this battle has been going on since Genesis 13. But since March 3rd, 1924, after 1,400 years of, of divine rule and office of the caliph was abolished when the Turk, uh, Turkish Empire, which was replaced by the eastern section of the Roman Empire. Muhammad said there will be a caliph in the last period. We, he would be called Amah Mahadi. Amah Mahadi. The movement to reinstate the caliphate is exploding throughout the Muslim world. Why? Because they want to reinstate what Muhammad said would be in the last days. So why don't modern Muslims condemn the killing of innocent people? They don't disagree with it. They just disagree with the timing of it. Because according to Islamic law, the only one that can uh, say that has the authority to declare jihad is the caliph. And when the caliphate is reestablished, then the Mahdi is going to be in place and he's going to declare jihad. And suddenly 90% of the Muslim world will become radical. And the 10% that refuse to be radical will be the first to be destroyed. So Mahdi is this Muslim Jesus. You remember whenever he showed himself, he said, see the hand, my hands, the scars in my hands. Behold, Simon, huh? You know why he did that? Because he knew that in this last day, there would be an antichrist come. And say, I am the Messiah. And so this Muslim Jesus is coming back, but he don't have any holes in his hands. He's not been crucified. He's not resurrected. He never died. 
But they say he went to heaven. And when he comes back, he will lead the Muslim armies to abolish Christianity and slaughter the Jews. As I've already said, even if you're not a Christian, but you're American, you're considered a Christian and you're going to be annihilated. So, what is the Antichrist? The Antichrist, the Revelations chapter 2 and verse 12 and verse 13, it said, and to the angel of the church in Pergamos, write, I know your works, that they where you dwell, where do you dwell? Where Satan's throne is. Today, Pergamos is in West Turkey. We have that picture of Turkey. All right. This on the upper part here. Let's see if I can get this to work. This upper part here. This is the Black Sea that you see here. This here is Turkey. Right? In Turkey is where Pergamos is. In modern day times, that's where Turkey is. The last caliphate will rule from Turkey. This is the kingdom of the Antichrist and it's still a part. People say, well, it's got to be the Catholic church and it's got to be Rome. But you remember it was separated to the east and the west. And because of that, we see that it didn't have to do with Rome at all. But it is this, uh, this part that is now known as Turkey where Pergamos is. And it's still a part of the Roman Empire. And so it fits in there. And this is the kingdom of the Antichrist, and it is still a part of this Roman Empire. Rome was cut in half, the east and the west, and the capital of the west part was Rome. But the capital of the east part was Constantinople, which became Istanbul, which is in Turkey. The president of Turkey has given ISIS free reign of Turkey. Whatever you need, it's becoming the epicenter for ISIS and Islam. If I'm right about this, keep your eye on Turkey to become more radical than it's ever been before. So who denies the father and the son is the Antichrist. Catholics don't deny the father and the son. They may give more to Mary than she deserves, but they don't deny the father and the son. Islam does. It's quiet up in here today. I think we see the spirit that's on our land. We see a spirit that's coming upon us. Amen. And it's an antichrist spirit. And the Antichrist is about to sit on the throne. And this thing is about to wind up. Dake lists 15 titles of the Antichrist. King of Babylon. 
and the Assyrian. Isaiah chapter 14. Also king of the north. King of the north. And, and I don't know what you've been taught, but I've been taught all my life that the king of the north was who? Russia. But for that to be true, for that to be true, then we would have to put everything allegorically for that to come in. But why don't we take it literally? Because watch this. Go ahead and put that back up if you would, please. Ezekiel, according to Ezekiel, we see that uh, who is the the Messiah going to fight when he returns? Gog, Magog, Meshach, Tobol. Look here, my friends, at Turkey. Magog, Gomer, Tobol, Meshach. All in Turkey. Ezekiel 38, he tells us that he is go- who he is going to go to war with. Ethiopia. But whenever you study out Ethiopia, it's not the Ethiopia which we look at, but it is Sudan and Somalia. It's Libya. It's Iran. What have all of these in common? They're all Islamic nations. They're all Islamic nations. He wars with Islam, right? He wars with these Islamic nations. Can you put up the the other one for me? Uh, The one of Israel. There we go. All right. You see all of these green in the green? Nobody can see them. You see all of these in the green? That's all Islamic nations. You see this little red right here? That's Israel. They're surrounded by Islam. Right there. You see all these in the green? They don't stand a chance. I said they don't stand a chance. Something has never set with me about this. You say, well, preacher, I believe in the European nations and all of that. Well, if you believe in it, we're still brothers. I'm not going to fight with you, not going to war with you. We're still brothers. But I believe that this spirit that we are now engaging in our nation and we're seeing around the world is the spirit of the Antichrist. And we are going to see that not very long from now that there is going to be even more emergence in Turkey and the Antichrist epicenter is going to be a place there. The throne will be built up and the Antichrist will come. Ezekiel 38 tells us that all of these nations will rise up, right? These in Turkey, these in Egypt, Libya, Sudan, South Africa. We see all of these in Iran. They're all Islamic in nature. They say we're Islamic nations. And God said, whenever I come, when Jesus said, when I come, he said, I'm going to come with a two-edged sword in my mouth. And all of these nations are going to be found dead on the mountains of Israel. Israel. 
And as I told you last week, the, the, the predatory birds have already migrated. Over 170 of them have migrated into Israel. They said they have never been there before, but they have come today. And I submit to you that the cleanup crew is already in place for the destruction of this antichrist spirit that is going to come against the nation of Israel. Time will tell what kind of foothold has already been established in our nation. I'm not going to get into a political debate with you about where we are as a nation and all of the things that are going on. But I will tell you this, in my heart of hearts, I believe, I'm not prophesying, but I believe and I hope that I'm wrong. But I believe that we're going to find out that the, the, the ramifications of leadership in this nation is going to far exceed the term. And we're going to find out that Islam, this, this thing isn't in the Middle East any longer. But we're going to find out that it's in our very nation and there's been planted in strategic places. But I'm not telling you that to tell you to, to get fear in your heart. I'm telling you that to get excited that Jesus is about to return for his church. I'm telling you that to tell you get serious about your relationship with Jesus. Why? Because the relationship with God, if you're not ready, you need to get ready. And I know people say, well, I've heard this and that all my life. And I'll tell you what I've told so many. You've never seen the signs that you're seeing today. Over this past three weeks, I've tried to impact and digest into the small time that we have together to tell you that Jesus is about to return. And we don't have to be fearful. We just have to be ready. Amen. Amen. And so today we come and we get excited about the return of the Lord. We get excited that, that we are seeing these things come to pass. Just like Jesus said, you remember I read off that uh, quadrillion, whatever to one it was that the Bible would ever come to pass. Huh? Last week, some quadrillion to one that the, that the Bible would ever come to pass, but yet the Bible is the only word or ever prophecy ever given that has come to pass 100%. People get ready. Jesus is coming. And soon we'll be going home. Amen. Amen. I'm looking forward to that day. But there is a, a agitation within me because of the reality that I know that there are so many that are still lost. As I know the signs and the times are upon us, but yet so many are still playing games with God said in our churches week after week, hear messages after messages, and yet they do not turn their hearts to him. 
And then others have walked away from God altogether and said, I don't need him. I'll do my own thing and someday I'll make it right. But let me ask you something today. If you can't stand up to somebody not liking you because you're a Christian, how will you ever stand up for God in real persecution? We don't know what persecution is. But I will tell you this, this antichrist spirit is already in our nation. You don't have to go to the Middle East for him to be beheaded. Go to Oklahoma. This spirit is now upon us. And it's time for the church to sense a clear sound that says we've got to quit playing games. And we've got to get real with God. And we've got to have a personal relationship with him. That says for me to live is Christ and for me to die is gain. Nobody's nobody's stepping up and saying kill me first. But if the time comes we've got to be ready for it. I believe that we will be gone before the great tribulation comes. Because the Bible said, as it was in the days of Noah and it was in the days of Lot, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. And both of them were removed out before judgment came. That's my personal opinion. But one thing I do know is whether I'm right or I'm wrong, I'm going to be ready when he comes. I'm going to be ready. There's so much more about this. You know, you can go into, um, into this study and as I was uh, diving into it, I wondered how in the world I'd ever put it in 35, 40 minutes time period. But I want you to know that you can, if you don't believe me, you can study it out for yourself. Take your Bible, look at it yourself. And I believe that this is the Antichrist and this is the Antichrist spirit. And we need to stand up. And say, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Amen. Jamie, come this morning and want us to play just something for a moment. I know this is so much different than I normally speak. But nonetheless, it's reality. It's real. This is where we're living. We're living in the end times. And we need to, (coughs) excuse me, we need to be ready. If you're here today and you've never accepted Christ as your personal savior, this isn't a scare tactic, my friend, this is real. Anybody knows me knows that I do not believe in scare tactics. I believe if somebody can scare you into salvation, somebody else can scare you out of it. That's my belief. But I'm a realist. And there's a shift. And there is something taking place. Not only in the earth. But in our nation. And the real church must arise. If you're not ready. You should have fearful heart. 
because this thing could come down at any moment. These are the signs of the return of the Lord, the second coming. And so if these are the signs of the second coming, how close is the rapture of the church? Think about it. It's even closer than we're talking about today. Yet all of these signs are around us. It's to warn us to get ready for his return. If you don't know Christ today as your personal savior, your relationship is drawn cold and indifferent in him. I encourage you today. I beg of you today. Get ready. Get ready. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Stand with me today, please. Jamie, would you sing a chorus? If you want to feel the desire to pray, there's a tug at your heart today. That's the Lord. He's wanting you to be ready. He sent his son. Why did he send his son? He said that none should perish, but all should come to repentance. That's his desire for all of us. And so if you do not know him today, I encourage you, take this opportunity to know him this morning. If you don't want to come alone, ask somebody to come with you, but don't miss this opportunity today.